0: Will this morning turn with me to where our text is found, and that is found in Ephesians 1, verses 19 and 20. That's Ephesians 1, verses 19 and 20. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe? According to the working of His mighty power, which He wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Let us pray. O Lord, how great thou art. How merciful, Lord, thou art. We thank thee, Lord, that thou has brought us through another week, another week with disease in this world, the sin that runs rampant in this world, the sin that runs in us. I thank thee this morning, Lord, that grace reigns grace reigns in every believer, that thou art pleased to bring forth that in our souls, that you are high and lifted up, reigning on behalf of us. And Lord, we ask this morning in this hour that thou would help us to believe, help our unbelief. Oh Lord, may you be magnified this hour for the great grace that thou has given us and the power that thou has given us in thy Son. Oh, Lord, bless this time, anoint this time with Thy Spirit, that You would be pleased to draw us close to Thee, that we would be enabled to sit at Thy feet, that You would give us ears to hear, that the power, Lord, that is spoken of in this passage this morning would be realized and understood, that it is a power, Lord, that You've given every one of Your children, that it resides in us because... Christ is in us, the hope of the Lord. O Lord, may you be glorified in this hour and the hour to come. For this I ask in Jesus' name, amen. My initial thoughts on this passage this morning before we get into it and how and where it's seated, I, I think when I read something like this and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward, I see the particularness of it. Who believe according to the working of His mighty power. Paul reiterates again that it's the power of God who gives us faith. It is the power of God is how we believe. Which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places. And it shows us the greatness of that power. That's why it says the exceeding greatness. And we're going to talk about that but my initial thoughts here this morning is what does this text say about you and I this morning? What does it say about man? What does it say about fallen man that we cannot believe? That we cannot turn on a switch? It says something to me that in this country today there's so much rampant teaching on easy believism. If any of you uh, at at nighttime, usually at the end of the night or on Sundays, you can turn on a message of the mainstream religion today and you see this prevalent thought of easy believism. It, It takes nothing to believe or it takes a few dollars to believe. If you give a few dollars to this ministry and you plant that seed and then you just believe, it'll come forth and it'll be blessed of God. Yeah, that's not what this text tells us this morning. It does say something very encouraging to you and I today, though. And we're going to see that in the context of where it sits. But it, does, it speaks against that easy believism. It speaks against free will. It speaks against anything good in our nature. But it also speaks to me this morning of how powerful the enemies are against us. I hope and pray this morning that my brother James does not take it wrong what I'm about to say, but I had an employee approach me this week about his concern for James, from his concern that James was was depressed at what was going on in the company that we work for and what's going on in the world. And the first initial thought to me was, how can he not be? I've seen him from afar, I've seen him trying to do things, trying to put things in place, and getting knocked back again by God's providence out in the world. And I say God's providence, not that he's done anything wrong in what he's doing, A- absolutely not. But what's going on in, in with the disease in this country, and then the fears in this country, every step we take, we take two take backwards it seems like and it becomes very hard. And I thought about that, and the Lord gave me great compassion for him at that moment to pray for him because of what he's sitting in with the, the resp- amount of responsibility upon his shoulders for not just himself and his company, but all the people that work in it. And I thought as the Lord had laid this text on on, on me, I thought then very powerfully the Lord brought to me This is what I'm talking about. Because the devil, the the flesh of ours, the world, they all have a message that it goes against what Christ has done for us. And and this passage this morning tells us why it's, it's so easy not to believe. It is easy not to believe, it is easy to be discouraged, it is easy to fear. That is what is in our nature. But our text this morning tells us that there is a mighty power. And it took that power of God to raise his son from the dead. And that power is the power that enables us to believe. What does that say to you? Does that tell you it's easy to believe? And I'm sure that the people around my brother this week were probably telling him, don't be discouraged. This is going to turn around. And that all may be true in time. But what's true today is if Christ be in us, we have this power. That's the whole message of the gospel is that when his son was raised from the dead, that the power that took to bring him out of death is the same power that causes you and I to believe every day upon His finished work. Think about God's display of power in His Word. Think about the parting of the Red Sea and allowing men to go through that, all of of, uh, Israel to go through that. And then Him to to, to take that sustaining power away and let the flood come back on the enemy and destroy them. Think about the power to do that. Think about the power for God to open the heavens and to open the beneath and make the floods come and and destroy this world. Think about the power it took God to do those things. But exceeding power is the power to raise and the power over death physically and spiritually. And that's what we have in Christ Jesus. That's what this verse says tells us this morning that it's his working of his mighty power that raised his son from the dead. That's the only way you and I can believe and trust in him. It takes that power to overcome Satan, the world, and our flesh. That's how powerful Christ is. And that's the that's the magnitude of the power it believes. And if you and like I said, I don't, I don't need to single out my brother. We all go through this. We go through this. It, don't you find it's easier to complain? It's easier to whine. It's easier to, to gossip. It's easier to sit there and when you hear the things of the world and you hear reports, as crazy as they are, they're easier for you to believe them. If somebody gets on TV and tells you that the world's going to end tomorrow, your nature is to believe them. If they tell you that the the disease is going to kill more people than anything else, your nature is to believe them. If they tell you there's going to be an uprising in the land tomorrow, your nature is to believe them. Do you see how easy it is for our nature to believe and to trust in the things that we hear? And if the Lord opens the veil of your heart and your understanding and He shows you how easy it is for you to believe the wicked one, you'll understand this passage. You'll understand that it took the power to raise God the Son from the grave. That same power is what causes us to not believe those lies. To trust in our risen Savior. To believe in His finished work. To trust that He holds tomorrow. That's the power that's spoken of here. And I want to make this point. Well, We'll make it. Let's back up a couple of verses here. Because Ephesians 1, we love it. We love to read it. It is full of good teaching, good doctrine. It speaks so much of in Christ. It speaks so much of what He did before the foundation of the world for us. It speaks of predestination. It speaks of inheritance. It speaks of what we have in Christ Jesus. We love it. We love to come here to Ephesians 1. I'm sure you have found that in your life. Ephesians 1. Lots of comfort there. And Paul ends Ephesians 1 with a prayer. That's what begins in 15. He prays and bond. What he just said, what he just wrote, he prays for something for you and I today. Let's look at it. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints. Don't miss that. Paul had already heard of their faith and love. Those are gifts in Christ Jesus. Those are things that are given to us in Christ Jesus. He had already heard that the church there possessed those things. That's important. Because he's not praying for the power to be given to us because it's already been given to us. He's praying that we understand it better. That the Lord would open our eyes to see what we have in Him. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And that shows us there that To be united in the Spirit, we pray for one another. That's why I said, when I heard that about my brother this week, the Lord just stopped me what I was doing. Nothing was important, and he brought me to the throne of grace to ask for power for him, to ask for that power, for James to see that, for the Lord to to open his eyes, to, to give him that faith to believe, to exercise it. And I hope and pray that as we see our brothers struggle or we see the things that they're going through, whether it's a future doctor's appointment, whether it's you know, the things we see in our life to come, or whether it's just the world situation that we know causes so much fear-mongering among all the people, that we pray that the Lord protects them, that He minds them with the mind of Christ. Then he tells us what he asked for in the prayer. Three things. And we're focusing on the third one today, but let's look at the first two. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. As I've already said, we still need it. He's already prayed and thanked the Lord and said, I thank you that I've heard of your love and your faith. I've heard that you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet he's still praying that they have a knowledge of him. We're dependent just as much today as we were at the day of our new birth. We're dependent upon the Lord. That Lord that lives in us that says, Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. Why is that? Because Christ is in us, the hope of glory. He is the faithful one. He is the executor of all of the gifts that he's given us in himself. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. First asking in this prayer is to be given the spirit of wisdom and knowledge in Christ, of Christ the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling. To know the hope of His calling means you have a calling. That's what we're told over, I believe it's in Peter, it says to make your calling in election sure. Well, that ain't telling us to sit down there and keep score. Well, I did this for you, Lord. I did this. No, we go to the Scriptures. The Scriptures testify if we're in Christ or not. Because what they say, we believe by Christ. What they say, we accept by Christ. What they say, we live by, by Christ. That's the the mark of a believer. There's something in him that's not in the world. It's the spirit of the knowledge and understanding of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the power of Christ in us. that separates us from the world. And you may know what is the hope of His calling and what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. What is our inheritance? What is it that we have in Christ Jesus? It's in this Word. It's what He's just written to us in Ephesians 1. And then we get to our text. And, And then... He says the third thing he asked for that we just that we might know this. Not that it's a power we don't have, it's a power we have in Christ Jesus. What is the exceeding greatness of that power? And, and don't miss those two words exceeding greatness. It's just not power. That's the whole purpose of this, these two verses, why they're put together. What is that exceeding greatness? It exceeds any power you've ever seen on earth. It exceeds any power we've seen in a tornado or an earthquake or anything we've witnessed with our eyes. It's exceeding greatness of His power to us, the church, who believes. But how do we believe? Well, He tells us right after that, according to the working of His mighty power. That's how we believe. And then He explains to us what that power is, which He wrought in Christ. When he raised him from the dead, Christ is the first begotten of the dead. Do you understand that? That's what Revelation 1 tells us, 1, 5, and 6. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead. He was a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He was the first one given life over death. He is triumphant. Our victory is in Christ because He's the first begotten of the dead. He liveth now to make intercession for us. He liveth to reveal to us our life is hid with Him. He liveth to show us that our victory over death, that's why this is used this morning, it's a victory over death, spiritual and physical. And that's so important that Paul says, I I want you to know more of that. I desire that you know that power, that that power is in you. And if that power is something that the Lord reveals to us that we have, that alone lifts us above this world. So no matter what the world throws at us, so to speak, No matter what events take place in this world, we know that the power that we have in us is greater than any power that's in this world. And it's the power that raised Him from the dead. As I said, He is the first begotten of the dead. He's born from death. He's given life, or He is life. He is the first begotten. Peter tells us this in 1 Peter 1, 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again, made us alive again, unto a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's the power. It's resurrection power. It's resurrection life that the believer has in Christ Jesus. And that's the power that it takes for us to believe and to live. In Him we live and move and have our existence. But our existence is not an existence in sin. It's not an existence in this life and ho-hum, it beats us down and, and we have no life and we just go the next day and we're waiting on death. No! It's a living hope, Peter says. And that hope is not something that we look at and go, oh, I, I, I hope that's the truth. No, that hope is living That's the difference between a dead hope that the world has that we hear in this world all the time. Oh, I hope that's the case. I hope that comes about. We don't hope it's going to come about. It already has. It's a living assurance of what we have in our surety, the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, our our life is in Him, and that hope makes us not ashamed but it makes us stand and it makes us live and it makes us say, my hope's in Christ. I see all these things around me and all these things that are in despair and all these things that seems to be counted against me. But the Lord tells me in Romans eight twenty eight that they're all working for my good. And I may not understand that and I may not see how they're working for my good, but my Lord tells me that they are. And He's done that by this exceeding great power to reveal to me, and that power is the power of the resurrection. The power for him to come out of that grave. Christ's human nature did not bring him out of that grave. And our human nature will never bring us out of the grave, physically or spiritually. It can never bring us to know him more. Our our nature can never bring us to live. Our nature can never bring us to trust and to have faith. It takes resurrection power. Just as Christ's human nature could not raise himself either. And I've said this before, but it is the power of a triune God. I've said many times in the last few weeks, why we preach Christ is because the Father has exalted him. And he's given all things under his hand. But all three of these the Word of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost all had their part in the resurrection power. God the Father is spoken throughout all the scriptures of raising His Son. Just for example, this morning, Galatians 1.1 says, Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised Him from the dead. The power of the Father to raise the Son from the dead. But what about the son? Well, Jesus said in John 2, 19, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. That's his power over the grave. In John 10, 17, he says, Therefore does my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again. I might take it again. I have the power over life and death. My Father has the power over life and death. Well, guess who else does too? The Holy Spirit. He says as much in Romans 8, 11, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, if that Spirit dwells in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwells in you, spiritually and physically. We have both resurrections in the Lord Jesus Christ, and we have them by the triune God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. To me, when I hear that, that all three of them, now you think about the Trinity working for the salvation and the preservation of you, and then you think of the Trinity of death that's working against you, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And all three of those are working for our demise. But this Lord, this triune Lord, who is triumphant over those three enemies, because that's what the rest of this text is going to say when we get there. This power is what we have to be victorious. It's what we have. Because of this triune God who has given it to us, who exercises it who gives us the understanding. That's what Paul said. All I'm praying for, Lord, is that you give them an understanding. An understanding of that power that it lives in them. And you know, David many times in the Psalms said, Lord, I wait patiently upon you. I'm not going to be like one of the foolish people in this world today that's standing in a pulpit telling you that go home and exercise this power. All you've got to do when you go out of here is easily believe that's not the case. I got one better for you, though. He is faithful. He is. He is faithful when we are not. He is faithful to bring forth that power to believe in the time that he deems you need it most. Why would we want that in our hands? Why? When we've let ourselves down so many times in our life. Have you ever let yourself down? Have you ever got up and had a resolve to do something and you didn't do it? Have you ever thought about today I'm going to be nicer, I'm going to love more, I'm going to do this more, I'm, I'm going to be more long-suffering, I'm going to have more patience? And boom, goes right out the window. Yeah. Because in ourselves we don't have that power. We have the power to sin. We have the power to fear. We have the, the power not to believe. But in us is Christ. And Christ exercises, Christ brings forth His will, His power for our life. And He's faithful. He's faithful. There's no, there's no I, I wonder if He will. No, He will. This Bible is full of it. We've been talking, pastors has been preaching a lot about that faith that's given to His saints. That's why Hebrews is it. That's why we see that the roll call of faith. How many times the Lord is faithful. And He said, time runs out for me to tell you of all the others. It's true. It's filled with the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ being exercised. And that's the power that you and I need to understand more today. That's the power you and I need for every day of our life. It is a great power. 2 Corinthians 4:14 says knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. See, the conduit that God brings all of His faith and graces and power through is His Son. That's why He's exalted. That's why Paul writes, in Christ. That's why he says, in Christ we have these things. That's why you and I today pray in the name of Christ. Oh, he rotted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own. It was the power of the resurrection and exaltation. That's the power we have to believe. To believe that he was risen from the dead and that he's reigning today. That's what that verse says. It's exceeding great power. John said it like this in John 1:12. He said, but as many as received him How did they receive him? Well, to them gave he power to become, I love this, the sons of God. The sons of God. We don't readily walk around saying, well, I'm I'm the son of God. Because first people would think we're saying we're Jesus, which we're not. But we're the sons of God. That's our inheritance in Christ Jesus as our brother. Think about that. May the Holy Spirit impress that upon you. That He's given us the power to believe and to know that we are the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. That's the power that it takes. As I said, as we, we live in this world and we get polluted by it, the Lord opens our eyes to see how polluted we are, how downtrodden we are, how much Depression we have because the world just keeps beating down upon us. But what is His remedy? Life in Christ. What is His remedy? Resurrection power to believe that He is fighting for us. That He has delivered us. That He has went before us. That He is the shepherd that goes before His sheep. All of these scriptures just come to mind. It's the power to believe them. It's the power to trust Him. And yes, it is resurrection power. And of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention what Jesus said. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. This is John 11, 25 and 26. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, but were begotten in Christ, yet shall he live, because we're begotten in Christ. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And he said that. And he, said, and he looked and he said, do you believe this? Believest thou this? Do you believe it today? Because I tell you what, if you do, if you believe that everything you have is in Christ Jesus, and if you believe today as you sit there that you are dependent upon the Lord Jesus Christ and all your whole life is hidden in Him, you do so because of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The power that brought Him up out of the grave and the power that ascended him into heaven, and the power that maintains his reigning today. That's what it took you to believe. I don't know it's just in awe when I hear that. I just sit back and I say, wow, I, I, really, well, I really did fall. I really did. You want to know how far the fall plunged man into unbelief? and wickedness and sin and the deceitful heart and all of that desperation that we have. You want to know how far? It takes resurrection power to believe that He is fighting for you. That He is your God. And if He be for you, who could be against you? Resurrection power. Yes, we owe everything to Him. We owe it all to Him. So our text this morning reminds us that we have this power in us. That's what Paul said. I want them to know more of it. I thank you, Lord, that I've heard about their faith and their love in thee. But I want them to know more of the power of the resurrection. I know that reminds you of what he said in Ephesians 3, so let's turn over there real quick. Not Ephesians, Philippians 3. And we'll just back up. We know it's in verse 10, but we'll back up to 7. He says, but what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Well, how did he do that? The power of the resurrection, to believe. The power of the exaltation of Christ, to believe. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. How do you get to that point? Where everything that you have in this life and everything that you've worked for and everything that's been given to you, as Paul worked his life and sat at the feet of Gamaliel and was uh, as touching the law, he was blameless. He kept all that he could keep. He did all that he could do. He was so high up in the church, or whatever you want to call them. And yet, he said, I count all that as the waste. How? How can that overcome that desire to have more and to desire to cultivate things in this life? And we have that. We want to be caretakers of what God has given us in this life. And we should be. We should be. We should be caretakers of what God has given us in this life. However, that shouldn't be our life. Absolutely not. It's a gift. It's a gift. And Paul said all those things, all those things that I thought were so important to me, I put them over here in this pile. It's a pile of waste. And Christ is over here, and that's all I want. That's been exalted in my life above anything else. How? He's going to tell us. And he wants to be found in him, verse 9. Not having my own righteousness, because the Lord has revealed to me that I have a righteousness. It's self-righteousness. It's a high righteous mind that judges everything in this world and says, oh, I'm glad I'm not like them. I don't want to be found in that righteousness. I don't want to be looking at life that way. I don't want to be looking at my brothers going, oh, you shouldn't be stumbling that way. If you just believe this way. I don't want that righteousness. That's death. That's hardness of heart. That's pharisaical righteousness. That Jesus said, your righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees. It must be greater than that righteousness. That's his. Paul says, I don't want to be found in mine. I don't want to have my own righteousness, which is of the law. I don't want to look at everything through legal eyes and say, oh, well, if you wouldn't have done this, this would have happened. This wouldn't have happened. If you were better at this, this would be, I don't want that. I've had it before. It's death. Paul says, I've had it before. It's death. I don't want that. It's of the law. But that which is through the faith of Christ, that's the righteousness, that faith. That's needed this, this morning that we're talking about. That faith that's given by the power of His resurrection is the same one to believe and trust in His righteousness. So We can't do that either without this power. But That's what I want to have, he says, which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Then we get to our text. That I may know Him. It's not that He didn't know Him that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. I may know Him more. He's already told us what He's been delivered from. He's already told us what what Christ had shown Him in His life, that He is more excellent than all the things in this world. And what does He want more of? More of the things of the world? More of those things that will help Him in the world? No. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection that power of His resurrection, that He's alive and I'm alive in Him. And because He's triumphant over death, death has no hold on me spiritually or physically. None. I want to know more of that power. That's what Paul says. I want to know more of that. In our prayer this morning, he wants that knowledge and that understanding given to the church. I want you to have that power. I can honestly say before God today, I want you to have that power. I want me to have that power. To know more of it. I have the power. I want to know more of it. I want you to know more of it. To know more of Him reigning. To know more of His power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings. To know more of what my Christ did on my behalf. To understand that He stood in my place as a substitute. To understand that those crown of thorns were plunged into His head for me. To understand the nails were driven through His hands and His feet and He stood there for for me to take my sins away. I want to know that. I I want to fellowship in His suffering. And as He brings me to suffer in this life, in whatever affliction it is, I want to know Christ's suffering in it. I want to see how God delivered him. I want to see how God delivered him out of the grave as he turned his back on his son as he was made sin. I want to see that he was faithful to raise him from the grave and set him right next to him in heaven. I want to see that. Paul says, I want the church to see that. I want to live that more. You want to live that more? I think we all do. that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Oh, Lord, conform me unto your death. Because i tell you something right now. If the Lord Jesus Christ conforms you unto his death, your death will be nothing to you. You won't fear it if you're conformable, made conformable unto his. Because you know he went first. He's the first begotten of the dead. And He is raised and living and you will be too in Christ Jesus. Now let's go back to our text this morning. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe? according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, listen to this, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Do you hear that? He is reigning above all of his enemies. You and I reign in him above all of our enemies. And that will be realized. Right now it's realized by faith. It's that faith, resurrection power to believe it and to bring it. But we realize that we live above death and, uh, and above Satan and above the, the, our flesh. As mighty as it seems, and sin as mighty. Hey, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Praise God. But He has exalted Him above all of us, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, eternally reigning. Always reigning. Never losing His scepter. Always reigning as King. What does that say for you and I if we be in Him? Always reigning as kings and priests. Always. Oh, it doesn't seem that way. No, it doesn't. And there are times when when those providential things that are brought in our lives just seem like, oh, everything's... Worse. And the Bible's full of those people. Jonah's crying out to God, why, just let me die. Elijah did the same. Just let me die. All of these things are going against me. But there was a greater one in them. And there's a greater one in you and I today. To overcome death. To overcome the fear of death. To overcome. That's what this is. It's victory over death. All our lives were subject to this fear, Hebrews 2 tells us. But praise be to God, we have this power in us. Oh Lord, I want to know more about it. Teach me more about it. And he's put all things under his feet. And gave him to be the head over all things to the church. That's what we were talking about earlier. It's the Father who's exalted the Son, and he's put everything in his hands. And he's reigning today, and he reigns for his church, and his church gets everything from the head Because right here, he's put all things under his feet and gave him, Christ, to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. That's Christ. That's Christ over his church. Now just turn over a page and we'll end it with this. Well, it's a page in my Bible. It's Ephesians 3. Look at verse 20 and 21. We'll leave you with these thoughts. Now unto Him that is able. Understand that, dear ones. He is able. I said that earlier. He's faithful to do. He is able. You and I feel very unable at times. Unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Our minds cannot fathom, cannot get to what we have or what we need the most for our souls. It can't. But he is faithful and able to bring about what we have needed. Far above anything we could possibly think of. Think about that a minute. We're capable of a lot of thought. But his power, which it says, according to the power that worketh in us. That's what verse 20 says. Now to him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. That's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages. Had to throw in that by Christ Jesus because that's everything we have is by Christ Jesus. Everything the church has is through its hands throughout all ages world without end never ends in Christ spiritually never ends we are eternal in Christ Jesus Amen Dear Heavenly Father add Thy power and add Thy clarity that we indeed Lord may experience more of the knowledge of this power that You have given each one of Thy people. Lord, may it be a deterrent to sin, may it be a deterrent to unbelief, may it be a deterrent to depression, may it be a deterrent to fear. O Lord, may You bring about more of an understanding of this resurrection power that we have in Thy sight. O Lord, to Thee be all glory, great things Thou hast done. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.